Hello and welcome to the first episode of Pure Championship, a podcast from Pure Football that focuses purely on the Scottish Championship. My name's Chris Sampson and alongside me is Cammy Anderson. Hello Cammy. Hi guys, how are you doing today Chris? I'm not too bad, yeah, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Cool. Uh, we'll introduce ourselves properly in a second, but firstly, why Pure Championship? Um, well, simply, we think this league deserves more attention. Um, yes, you've got the guys at the terrace talking it up on their podcast and their TV show. Uh, you've got the back page lower league podcast from the Daily Record, uh, which is also very good. And you've got BBC showing quite a few matches on, on Friday nights. But there's no highlights shown anywhere for the league, other than when the clubs decide to post their own on, on YouTube or Twitter. And it's an afterthought after the Premiership a lot of the time. It's an exciting league. And as has been shown, especially so over the last couple of seasons, uh, we think it deserves better. We think the matches, clubs, players and managers in the league could be given more attention. And that's what we're aiming to do on this podcast. Cami, introduce us to you and, and who you support then before we get kicked off. Right. So, as you say, I'm Cam Anderson. I'm a journalist. I write for Pure Football. I also write for Inter Milan website, semprinter.com. I am a suffering Dunfermline fan, I think some people could probably say at the moment, and I've been going for pretty much as long as I can remember, really, had a season ticket for 15, 16 years, if not more, I'm, I'm, I really can't remember off the top of my head how many, but certainly been a long time, and I've seen ups and I've seen downs, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And I think that probably is what makes us perfect for this podcast as well, seeing as we're both suffering football fans, really, um, of our clubs that are in the Championship. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm Chris Sampson. Uh, uh, you, you might remember me from uh, another episode of the Pure Football podcast that I did with Gavin. Um, I also uh, run the Sports Marketing Scotland um, kind of Twitter account and website um, and do a bit of work with the, the Scottish FA too on the uh, Scottish Football Marketing podcast. Um, uh, sim- similarly to Cammy, I'm a suffering Greenock Morton fan um, and have been since my dad first took me when I was around four or five. I, again, can't really remember my first game. Um, but yeah, I think in, in a not similar way to Cammy, I've actually never been a season ticket holder of the club um, and I've actually never lived in Greenock. So I'm a bit of a strange Morton fan. Um, but I, I try and get to his games as much as I can. Um, and I'm usually happy when the league has a bit much more of a, a central belt feel to it. Um, so I was kind of gutted and delighted in equal measure when Falkirk went down last season, as I'm sure you were as well, Cammy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Fa- absolutely fantastic there out. But I mean, We'll get on to it, but given how we've started, we could well be joining them in the season, so uh, I'll not say too much. <laughs> and we won't talk about them, obviously. That we, we did want to, I mean, yeah, the League 1 and League 2 are great as well, but we are fans of championship clubs, um, so that's what we want to talk about on this podcast. Um, let's dive right in then to, to chatting about the match action from the weekend that's just gone. Um, match Day 5 started on Friday night as the BBC Scotland cameras were at Gayfield to broadcast uh, Plucky Partick gaining a point against our broth. Um, Cammy, what were your thoughts on this one? What was your first kind of thoughts after the result and, and having seen it? Having seen kind of the result and watched the match back, I think it's clear to see that our broth are going to cause problems for teams up there. The wind is a huge factor. The pars were there a few weeks back and... We just couldn't play them. Our broth look really settled and kind of know how to play with it, both when the wind's going for them and against them. Aside from our broth, I think Partick looking an absolute shambles. I think they were lucky that they managed to to get the result they did. 
I mean, there was that offside call that mm. obviously went against Arbroath, and I mean, Arbroath had tons of good chances, and I, I don't think Partick were actually all that good during the game. Yeah, I think on the wind, just to start us off, I, I, I mean, the TV uh, were kind of saying that it was a factor throughout the match, but I was I was checking in on the uh, kind of Pine Bovril threads, obviously, on, on this game, and fans at the game were reporting that it was one of the calmest nights that they've ever seen at Gayfield, so not sure how much the wind was a factor in this one. Um, but I, I can, the first note I made on it was it was not quite a game of two halves, um, but obviously with a goal in each of them it kind of felt like it um, similarly to you I thought um, Arbroath had probably the better of the first half um, definitely a few really good chances um, obviously you had um, Tam O'Brien from, from centre half kind of letting one rip from distance uh, Scott Fox made a really good save there um, and he had another header as well which kind of troubled the Thistle defence who, who I thought would look much stronger at the back. Um, obviously, Tam O'Ware came in for, I think, his first league start of the season. Um, and having seen him play for Morton for a, for a good few years, um, he was he was good for us. Um, he was he was a really good player, really solid at the back. But he, they just looked, and, and not him in, in, in just alone, but Partick's defence just looked so shaky in this one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's a problem that's kind of... Well, it's been a problem for them kind of this season and even last season. They obviously struggled defensively last year. They've tried to change that. They've brought in a few new names and stuff, but I, I just don't know what's what's going wrong for them. It just doesn't seem to be clicking at the back for them. So, yeah, it's a really difficult one for them at the moment. And you, certainly, Partick fans will surely be hoping things will change soon. I know it, it's it's such a strange situation because you would imagine that they've got one of the higher budgets in the league looking looking at the, the league table looking at who's in the league looking at the players that are in the squads looking at the transfers that have been made as well Kenny Miller alone must be I'm, I'm very much presuming here but must be one of the highest played players in the league um, just based on his reputation based on his career so far and uh, he obviously got Thistle back into the game with this one kind of um, making sure that he's he's a uh, He's contributing um, uh, and, and to, towards those wages, but but yeah, I think that it, it looks like it doesn't look like it's going to get any better for Thistle anytime soon based on this performance. No, definitely not, and it obviously raises the question: kind of what's next for Gary Caldwell? I mean, that, certainly judging by kind of social media activity and stuff, a lot of fans have turned on him. And it's looking kind of rather when rather than if he's going to be sacked. No, definitely. I think the as I said, the, the Pine Bovril thread on this one was even when they got it back to one one, I'm still very negative um against him and I'm not sure if he's kind of stubborn almost because they were from what I was seeing in this game, I w I watched it live on Friday night, Thistle were attempting to play like a passing game. So obviously Tam Aware, as I mentioned, and, and Sean McGinty at the back, they get a lot of the ball at their feet and I don't think they're that comfortable with it. Um, I thought Dario Zanata obviously had a great season last season at this level for Aloha um, I thought he looked really tidy on the ball I thought he was a threat kind of every time he got got the ball down the left um, and was giving the Arbroath defence a, a bit of a torrid time did have a bit of a dodgy dive um, for a penalty in the second half um, but yeah I, I, they did kind of switch things up a bit in the second half as well so um, I think he's is it Lewis Mansell came on um, uh, he was a bit of an aerial presence 
and had a bit of an instant impact as well. So I think he laid off the ball for Kenny Miller's equaliser. Um, so yeah, I think do they need to change their approach? Probably, but will they? I'm I'm not entirely sure. I think Caldwell looks pretty set on it. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with all you've had to say there. So our both, as you mentioned, um, they they had that goal disallowed as well, but. Uh, the first goal was pretty well worked as well. I thought they were a, a real danger down the, the wings for this whole match, and especially so in the first half. Um, like I said, Thistle didn't really look like they could cope with them at times, and um, they were getting a lot of joy down either side, but especially so on that uh, their, their left-hand side, um, as Thistle had a lone um Kake, I think his name is. Uh, I think he's in loan from, from QPR. He was making his debut in this one. Um, and he didn't look that great in the first half at all. So Bobby Lynn was kind of targeting him at every opportunity. Um, but yeah, the goal was pretty well worked. I think um, Thistle kind of failed to to clear the ball a couple of times um, after a corner. Uh, and Jason Thompson finished it well uh, in the six-yard box, unmarked. Obviously coming back to those Thistle defensive issues. Um, and yeah, they were unlucky. What I mean, we can't say much more about that offside call because... For me, it was an absolute shocker. What did you think? Yeah, it, it, was, it was shocking. I mean, kind of the first time you see it, you're like, oh, is it, is it not? But then the more and more you see it, the, there's no doubt about it. He was onside, and I mean, if I was Arbroath and if I was Dick Campbell, I'd be absolutely furious after the game. Yeah, I, I've, I'm not sure if I've seen anything yet from him after the match, um, but I'm presuming he was absolutely furious. Yeah, I've not seen anything either, but I mean, it'd be hard to hard to not be angry with it. I mean, there's been a lot of kind of dodgy decisions, even this early in the championship, and one I'm going to bring up later on in the pod. But I mean, what what can you do? I know. I think almost. I think some people are attempting to give the linesman the benefit of the doubt just because there was uh, an Arbroath player potentially. He was potentially offside, um, and he was covering or in front of the last Thistle defender who was playing um, Luke Donnelly onside. So maybe you could give him the benefit of the doubt, but I, I, I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty shocking. And I feel that like, yeah, if if Dick Campbell had been interviewed, if they had longer to talk about the game after the game on BBC Scotland on a Friday night, and if Dick Campbell had been interviewed, then I think he would have been absolutely mental, and his reaction would probably have gone viral. To be fair. Anything else from, from this game, Cammy? Uh, not that I can think of. I mean, as I said, I think our broth are going to cause teams problems this season. And, yeah. I mean, early doors, they don't look like a team who are going to kind of do a breaking. Well, I mean, they've obviously beaten breaking's points tally. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to be easy customers for anyone. And I certainly don't think if they, go, if they do end up going down, they wouldn't have done it without a fight. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Let's move on to top of the table clash then. Um, Air United 2, Dundee United 0. Um, so all the talk was about Lauren Shanklin before this one, obviously returning to his old club. Uh, we'll get onto this in a second as well, but it looks like all the talk after the match is still about Lauren Shanklin. Um, I was seeing that Air United fans weren't really confident going into this one at all. They had a bit of an injury crisis. Um, but they've managed to end Dundee United's unbeaten run in the league um, and the old manager and player of the month curse lives on obviously because uh, Robbie Nielsen and Lawrence Shanklin won the won the awards for the first month of the season so 
Um, Cammy, did you manage to take in any of this one on, on the highlights? Yeah, I gave the highlights a, a wee watch and I mean, I think they've done fantastic to kind of nullify Shankland. Going in, kind of get, having seen him firsthand this season, he looks like a completely different player again. He's really went up that level, although I don't think uh, Ian McCall would necessarily agree given his post-match comments. <laughs> uh, so for those of you that didn't hear them, uh, this is verbatim. They have one main player and we nullified him pretty comfortably. The players were very up for it because there were comments from United that when Lawrence went up there that he would get better coaching. They can feel free to send him down for a week and we'll get him coached properly again. Absolute scathing, wasn't it really? I, I mean, I, I expect nothing less from Ian McCall. That's kind of how he is. And I mean, yeah, good on him for sticking it right up to the United like fans and the team and just everyone who'd kind of said everything about it. I mean... I was really impressed by Sam Roscoe at the back. He got my made a few good stops and there was some nice passing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they've done really well to stop Shankland too. As I say, looks amazing. And with eight goals already this season, I mean, stopping him, it, yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah, I think for me, obviously Ayr showed that they can deal with the fact that they, they don't have Shankland this season. But I thought that maybe some... It looks like if you nullify Shankland, then you nullify Dundee United, almost. And I thought it was really interesting that um, in the, I think, Robbie Nielsen's uh, post-match, he said that they, he specifically called out Shankland and said that they didn't get enough good service to him, um, which I thought was a bit strange for me for the manager saying that because they probably shouldn't re- solely be relying on Lawrence Shankland to get them goals this season. I appreciate, obviously, as you said, he's already got quite a lot of them um, but still like you, you want you want a variation um, from your players you want a, a varied danger across the pitch rather than it just coming all on Shankland yeah definitely I mean last year when he was at air there was a lot of talk on whether they were a kind of one man team with him and I mean when he went down injured they did struggle for large parts of the season Yeah, yeah. and perhaps United have kind of put all their eggs into one basket and, and are relying on him quite a bit but I mean that uh, Louis is it Louis Apparey? Yep. He looked quite quite good earlier on in the season, and I mean he was playing junior football last year. And he he's really kind of climbed up a level. So I, I think at this early stage of the season they probably have relied on him a bit much. But I guess this result will probably be a bit of a reality check for them. It will kind of remind them we can't just solely re- solely rely on him, and it kind of means that they're not invincible. I mean. They've looked excellent all season, kind of well, barn Saturday, and I mean, I think that's probably actually a good thing that this result comes now rather than later on in the season because it could be catastrophic if they'd went really, really far, having been unbeaten. And obviously, not a Dundee United fan, but it would be it would be awful if all the wheels came off, given how well they'd done if they'd went kind of that extended period without kind of getting beat. Yeah, I think a lot of them, obviously, from their early results this season, they were getting talked up as as being that they were just going to cruise the league um, but we know from the last couple of seasons that that isn't always the case I know Ross County kind of ran away with it in the end last season and were always up there for the whole season but they didn't have it all their own way and I think Dundee United will find exactly the same this, this season Yeah, I think so Can I, who's going to be that team pushing them all the way I'm not too sure of Aaron now there can I right behind them well sorry level with them yeah. Inverness are just behind them and then obviously you've got 
there's City Rivals, Dundee who can still obviously come good, there's Partick and I mean as, as hard as this is to see even Madden Film and Athletic if if we do get firing like I think they've really benefited from kind of the fixtures and stuff and I think if other teams maybe get going and kind of get going quickly then it's, it's going to certainly make it really interesting yeah definitely um, just before we move on to, to to you kind of pouring your heart out about your club um, I wanted to, to quickly touch on a few air players that I've been impressed with so uh, the note I've made here is um, Daniel Harvey is he the best left back in the league what do you think about that one ooh um, I, I certainly think that he, he's up there if he isn't uh, I mean his goal at the weekend was superb yeah great great run I mean you could make an argument that United should have done better but I mean, yeah, really good goal, and from kind of what I've seen of him, he is impressive, so, yeah, he's, yeah, there or thereabouts. Definitely, Um, I I mean, especially my thoughts, I think that his run was excellent, Uh, starting it off from from an interception, picking up a second ball as well, and then just just continuing that run um, to finish it well after being tackled as well, so, um, yeah, he did really well with that one. Um, you obviously mentioned um, Louis Aperi for Dundee United, who's a who's a young player, kind of making the the first team breakthrough this season. But for Ayr, um, they've got another player in a similar mould, and that's Luke McEwen. Um, so he he broke into Ayr's starting eleven at the end of last season, had a good kind of run of games into the playoffs as well, um, and he's had a really great start to this season as well with five goals so far. So. Again, in the same same kind of lines as Aperi, it's great to see kind of young players being given a chance, um, and as as at the moment, two of the best teams in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what's great about the championship. Obviously, a lot of kind of veterans from the Premiership do drop down, but th- there is a lot of pl- young players who kind of get a chance, and kind of even if it's a loan move, they've maybe dropped down a division clubs are willing to give these kind of players a chance and certainly I'll go on to discuss this but Madden Fermlin we've went down that youth approach and as hard as it's been to watch at times it is really great to see these young players come into the club and us kind of looking to build a team around youth that's probably all for this one so we can probably now move on um, and I'll let you take centre stage uh, and talk about potentially where where's Dunfermline's first league win going to come from this season uh, the short answer, no idea. <laughs> o- over the summer, we'd brought in a lot of good young players. Kevin Nisbets came in, Kyle Turner from Stranra. And I mean, we've looked kind of... I-, I just don't know how to describe it. it- it's crazy how-, how different we've looked. I mean, we looked good in the League Cup. Yeah, we lost Edinburgh City, but we obviously progressed. We'd done really well against St Mirren. And then we played really again- well against Celtic. Mm-hmm. But then in the league, it's-, it's just really not clicked for us. The Dundee game on the opening day of the season, first half, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Blew them away, off the park, and then two penalty decisions. One, fair enough, it probably was a penalty. The other, shocking. But, I mean, it is what it is, and we're now a few weeks on, so... I, I really don't know where our first one's going to come from. I mean, our next three fixtures are... What, who are our next three fixtures? We've got Partick away this weekend, which is obviously like a bottom-of-the-table clash. The following week is Aloe at home. And then it's Morton away the week after that. And I mean, I think if we can't turn things round against teams who are at kind of our level, mm-hmm. I, I think certainly there's going to need to be a change on the bench. I mean, it really pains me to say that. Stevie Crawford's a club legend and one of my favourite pass players I've had the joy of watching throughout the years. But I think it's clear just it's not working. 
What, what do you think's not working? Where where is it going wrong right now? The truth, I, honestly, I've, I've no idea what's going wrong. We just shooting seems to be a problem. We we were scoring quite freely in the in the cup, but it has to kind of be remembered we're playing Albion Rovers and East Kilbride, so mm. how much that kind of weighs on things, I don't know. But yeah, we've just really been struggling to shoot and test the keeper and stuff. I, I can't really recall a decent shot on Saturday uh, against Inverness where I was like, oh, that, that was a decent... I, I honestly can't. And like the the game before against Aloha in the uh, the Wafer Cup, it, it was the same again. And then the week before that against Arbroath. And yeah, just, just things just don't seem to be clicking. And Crawford's tried changing things up tactically. He's tried putting different players in different positions. But... And yeah, it's, it's not working, which is a real shame because... Even taking my past into specs off, I'd, I'd say there's a lot of good players in that squad. Yeah, I, one of the questions I was going to ask you is where where do all the loan signings fit into the side? I mean, when when you snapped up um, the the young Hearts boys, obviously Harry Cochran topped up as one of the one of the best talents uh, at Hearts and, and maybe even in Scotland. And then McDonald had a really good run of form last season for Inverness too. You've got Greg Kilty, who obviously basically kept us up last season um, where do they all fit into the side alongside some of the new signers from the summer as well? So I'd actually written an article for Pure Football on this, just a wee shameless plug there <laughs> uh, so on Cochrane and McDonald and I'd suggested that Cochrane probably wouldn't be a starter in the team uh, he's obviously coming off kind of injury and stuff and he's made two substitute appearances since coming in when he's came on, he's looked alright We've been losing the games kind of at the time, so yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult for him. McDonald arrived with an injury, so he's not actually yet featured. But I'm hoping he can maybe be back either this weekend or the following weekend, and maybe he's the difference maker. As for Kilty, he, he got off to a good start against Alloway, got a goal, but I, I didn't feel it was as a, as effective. Sorry, on Saturday, um, I think he'll certainly be a starter. He's clearly one of the best talented players in the squad. But yeah, we've got to work something out soon. Definitely, and and getting Nisbet firing as well. Obviously, he came with with an amazing scoring record from League One last season, um, and and like he said earlier as well, Kyle Turner was was very highly rated um, as well before he made the move too. So it's a, it's not it's not a squad that's lacking talent, um, but it's getting that working together, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean. I think a lot of fans can kind of see it's going to take time, it's a long-term project, but I mean, I think myself included, I'm expecting a bit more than what we've seen. I mean, I wasn't expecting us to be sitting at the top of the table having won every game or anything like that, <laughs> but having not won, having lost to, well, we lost to obviously Aloha in the Cup, but we then lost our Broth in the league part-time, and with all due respect, these are teams that a club such as ourselves should really be beating. No, I agree. Um, and a, a team that Morton should be beaten, but didn't over the past couple of weeks um, was Inverness. Um, what I'm, I'm kind of glad to see the back of them. To be quite honest with you, um, for a, for a little while anyway, we're playing them again next month. Um, but what did you think about them in this game? I didn't think Inverness were actually that good, and that came as a surprise to me because obviously last season we played some really good games with them, and I was kind of expecting knowing how many goals they'd scored in recent weeks to give us a right doing mm-hmm. but yeah they were really disappointing I mean much like ourselves they weren't challenging the keeper the only shot I can really recall was 
Aaron Doran hit one from 30, 40 yards out and I mean that's about it but I wouldn't even say it really tested Gill in, in the par's net so yeah they weren't very impressive and uh, I think a draw probably would be doing a fair result on Saturday Yeah and uh, I mean it's surprising to hear that as well because obviously they, they tore Morton to shreds a couple of weeks back on, on the Friday night game um, which was a painful watch um, and then the, the, the Tarks game as well like, like you said I think I thought going into this one they, they would probably comfortably beat Dunfermline but they have got the win and, and they're on a great run of form at the moment definitely and, and like you said could be and probably will be one of those clubs challenging up at the top of the table come the end of the season Yeah absolutely I mean I think John Robertson deserves a lot of credit for the work he's done at Inverness yeah they've probably got one of the bigger budgets in the league but I mean I'd say it's probably quite difficult to entice players up to the Highlands kind of from your other clubs so yeah he's, d- he's done a really good job and yeah just need to see where he can take them definitely yeah um, from from your club to, to mine let's move on to Queen of the South 1 Morton 0 um, this actually the, the, the clubs obviously met in the Betfred Cup and, and drew 3-3 um, earlier on in the season uh, Morton were I think 3-1 to the good at, at one point before being pegged back and then uh, coming through on penalties for the bonus point but um, by all accounts this one was a scrappy affair um, didn't make it down to Palmerston but uh, the, the general consensus was that it was grim actually um, I think that was the, the kind of talk from the Morton Forum and, and the Pine Bovril thread as well so um, still early on in the season obviously but I, I thought this was a bit of a huge match on paper um, between the kind of couple of sides that, that struggled last season um, obviously Queens have struggled so far this season um, they didn't have any wins in the league yet going into this one and, and Stephen Doby was still struggling for, for full fitness um, I think the, the stat is that by this time last season he'd already scored 20 goals um, obviously taking into account the, the Challenge Cup games and the Betfred Cup games that they played as well probably against lower league opposition but still 20, 20 goals by this stage last season is no mean feat so um, he's, he's still waiting to get off the mark this season um, and huge for Morton this game as well to, to attempt to get back to some level um, of normality after uh, as I said earlier Inverness kind of uh, took us to the cleaners over the last couple of weeks um, but yeah um, Queen's obviously come through uh, 1-0 winners scrappy goal um, from El Bactui as well one from outside the box um, which uh, I'm sure you'll be aware of that he, he likes to take a shot from outside the box um, and he's finally scored one um, not sure if it's his first, or um, but I'm sure he's had another couple. But but still, I think he he's very well known for that. So obviously, Faisal was on loan with us last year. He had that fantastic season with us when we won League One. And I mean, last season it just really didn't work for him. You could tell that he was completely bereft of confidence, and he didn't manage a single goal from open play in league action. He only managed one in fact, uh, one goal in fact, and it was a penalty. So. A bit of me was really happy to kind of see him score again. I mean, I'm going to never forget that season. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, it, it is really good to see him scoring again, even if it meant you and Morton had to get beat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't really know where to start with, with Morton, to be honest. Like, I, I don't know if Hoppy knows what the strongest team is yet. Um, or rather, like a team that's good enough, has a good enough balance to, to be able to work as a team. Um, 
Brian McLean and Peter Grant were on the bench uh, on this one. I think Grant must be carrying a knock um, because he started the, the, the defeat in the Tunnocks against Inverness, but he only came on for 10 minutes in the 5-0 thumping and then only played around 70 minutes when we were on the TV against Thistle the week before that. So, um, And the centre-backs were Jack Baird and Stephen Welsh, Celtic low-knee in this one. So, again defence hasn't been settled so far this season and I think that kind of comes across um, when you take into account that apparently we've faced the highest number of shots in the division so far this season um, but we're actually tying with Dundee United at the top of the table for shots taken as well um, got that off of um, at Fitba Metrics on Twitter um, so quite interesting stats to take from that um, obviously we've had a couple of decent results in the league so far um, beating Aloha 4-1 in particular and those have kind of tidied us over a little bit but I think over the last couple of weeks it's definitely not been as positive as it maybe was in in the first kind of portion of this season when, when, it, when it started up um, and it kind of I think the Morton fans kind of feel like Hoppy's pulling the team selection out of a tombola um, at the <laughs> moment a little bit um, because we started with a 4-4-2 in this one uh, with Reese Lyon um, at, at right midfield who's been probably our brightest spark since he emerged last season um, in central midfield so it was a bit strange to see him put out to, to the to out wide um, and Chris Miller uh, had an utter stinker in this one by all count and, and most fans don't think he's really up, for, up to it as a starting option anymore um, I think obviously we, we've said about two he scored but um, Queen's man of the match went to Robbie McCrory um, who again in the same way as um, as I mentioned Greg Kilty earlier on probably was a big part in Morton staying up last season he, he performed really well um, I actually thought he would go back to Rangers and potentially be McGregor's understudy this season um, but they obviously felt like he needed to done a loan out so he kept Queens in this one with a few good saves um, one in particular from Nicky Cadden from a free kick um, and yeah I think obviously Queens have come through first win in the league and there's work ahead to do for Hoppy, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was kind of worried for you heading into the season. There was a lot of change. Obviously, he's lost two key players in Michael Tidson and Charlie Telfer, who obviously decided to join, dare I say his name to Ray McKinnon. <laughs> uh, and, but yeah, I mean, with Hopkin, obviously, you've seen what he done with Livingston and much kind of like his Livingston team. I wouldn't say you've got that many kind of attractive names in your squad it's not a oh yeah he's really good or kind of like with all due respect the team it strikes me as quite average but a team that could probably outperform kind of the their kind of standard capabilities much like Hopkins Livingston did yeah I think you're probably right there and I think that's probably what he's trying to go for um, obviously uh, John Sutton came out of retirement and Everybody was kind of deriding that at the time, but he's he's been one of the positive points of the season so far. To be quite honest with you, obviously he's chipped in already with a with a couple of good goals and important goals as well. Obviously the the goal against Thistle um, as uh, to to lead us on the way to to a win there, um, and I don't know. He seems to think about playing the same way when we've got Bob McHugh up front as we do when we've got Sutton up front which for me doesn't really work because if you're firing long balls at Bob McHugh he's not going to kind of 
perform or hold up in the same way that Sutton would. Um, I don't think I've seen Sutton lose a header yet in the matches that I've been at this season. Um, and if you if you're going to play that way, then I would play Sutton. But maybe he doesn't really want to have enough, have him as a starting option, um, just because obviously he's just come out of retirement. He still looks very fit. Uh, not nothing nothing against him there at all. But um, yeah, I think they just need to get a settled side and a settled formation and see what happens. Um, and I don't know when that's going to come. Obviously, the the games come thick and fast. So just fingers crossed, really. So we'll move on to our final match that we're going to look at and that's Dundee 2 Alawa 1 um, hasn't been a good couple of weeks for Dundee, they were um, absolutely demolished by their neighbours in the derby obviously and then deservedly knocked out of the, the Tanks Canberra Wafer Cup by League 2 side Elgin um, but they did get back to winning ways in this one though against Alawa um, Cami, first thoughts from this game as you as you watched it so I think it was really important that they got that win. I think it had been four games since they picked up their last, so obviously that that's really kind of good for the confidence and stuff for James McPike's side. I mean, kind of the main standout and kind of takeaway from this game was how well Josh McPike played. Obviously, he's on loan at them from Rangers. Yeah. Coming kind of coming into the season, I heard a lot of good things about him. Admittedly, I hadn't seen much of him, but really impressed by him at the weekend. I mean, he was unlucky not to score. He he hit the bar before Johnson put the first one in, and then he grabbed himself an assist on the second one. And he he looked a real handful throughout. He was constantly at the Alloa defenders, and he looks a really good talent. And I think I've also got to mention Finley Robertson as well in the centre of the park. Yeah, another young player who's more than holding his own at this level. No, definitely. Um, I, I think it was actually Declan McDade that hit the bar, but McPake set up uh, the winner. Um, with a with a great run down the wing, um, turned in by Jordan McGee. So I mean, yeah, completely agree with you on both counts there. I think McPake started very well. This was his debut. Um, Dundee fans were were really excited um, about his performance. Uh, he did come off quite early on in the second half, just with a bit of an injury. But they they were really encouraged to see him to see him come into the side and play so well. And and Finlay Robertson, I mean, sixteen, is he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, that's just incredible. I mean, I the note that I took from it that he was kind of playing well beyond his years. Like he just plays the ball simply, effectively, just keeps it ticking over, which I I really like. Um, a, li- a couple of through balls as well, which I, I which I quite enjoyed in the second half. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought he looked a great talent, um, and I think he was called up to the last Scotland under nineteen squad as well for the first time. So. Um, very good uh, prospect for Dundee there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's good to see him. And I guess we'd mentioned Harry Cochran earlier on. I guess you could kind of see Finlay Robertson's the Championships version of the Premiership's Harry Cochran a few years ago. Obviously, Cochran broke in at 16 at Hearts. And with a bit of luck, maybe Robertson kind of keeps that place in the team and maybe gets a move. Yeah, I mean, Dundee fans will will not like you for saying that at the moment, but yeah, they'll they'll be hoping that he stays in the team for for a good few years yet. But yeah, I think he looks like a really good talent. Um, I had a question for you, and I don't know if you've got the answer, um, but you can attempt it. Um, Do you think Dundee need to fit Kane Hemmings, Andrew Nelson uh, and Danny Johnson all in the same team? Or do you think lining up in this way that they did with just Johnson up front, flanked by McPake and McDade, 
is a is a better fit? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think it's uh, it's perhaps a good problem to kind of have. Yeah, fair. Ha- kind of having that kind of flexibility up top. I I'd say I'd probably prefer two strikers up top, but I mean if if McPeak's kind of working stuff out and he's really doing his homework and thinks that's best, well, who are we to argue if if he's got that sussed out and then if they go to three up top in a few weeks or whatever, he clearly knows. I, I think he kind of knows what he's doing. So. No, that's fair. I think to have those three very good strikers for this level is, is like you say, a very good problem to have for him. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the coming weeks because by all accounts they, they played, um, according to the fans anyway, they played well uh, in this one much better than they had been uh, in previous weeks, albeit maybe a little bit open still. I think um, Alawa obviously got the equaliser um still quite early on in the game I think it was 1-1 after about 10 minutes or so um, and yeah the, the the front the front portion of Dundee's side are, are maybe being let down a bit by their by the back portion um, Dundee fans weren't happy with Jack Hamilton at all for Alloa's goal uh, I thought it was poor defending throughout really like second ball kind of bouncing in the 6 yard box could have gone anywhere um, did take a little bit of deflection as it then hit off Hamilton and went in but um, most fans saying they maybe need an upgrade in that position. Um, maybe somebody like Jamie McDonald, um, who's just gone to, to Alwa on loan, obviously, after Neil Parry picked up an injury. Um, and I thought he was quite pretty good in this one, making his debut. Um, made some smart saves throughout the match, kind of tipping one onto the bar in the second half um, from a Forster header inside the six yard box. Um, Jack Hamilton did redeem himself when Alan Troughton uncharacteristically missed a penalty. Um, for Alloa. Um so yeah, I think Dundee fans maybe not too happy with the with the with the defence, um, but still I think they should be okay with those front options that they've got in the league. Yeah, no, certainly. I, I don't think once they once they kind of get fired, I think they will kind of be there or thereabouts. And um, we'd also mentioned earlier, not too sure on who that team will be, but. Certainly, with those options, they really should be looking kind of to be up there as a kind of minimum target. Uh, kind of adding on to what you said about McDonald, I mean, I think that's an absolutely fantastic acquisition for Alloa. Mm-hmm. I mean, Parry, I'd probably go so far as to say he is the best keeper in the league. I mean, for a part-time keeper, he makes some fantastic saves and he played a huge role in keeping Alloa up last year. And I mean, to get McDonald in with all the experience he has, I mean, I think I think that's that's really good for Peter Grant. No, definitely, yeah, and I, I'm just on Alloa as well, just to, to finish us up on this one, like, as I said earlier, they were pretty poor uh, against Morton on, on match day two, um, but that's been their only kind of major blip so far this season when you look at the results. Um, do you think they'll they'll do an Alloa uh, and stay up again this season? I, hmm, I'd also mentioned our broth earlier on, kind of doing well and stuff. I, I'm not sure if Alloa can have the squad depth there, Um I mean that was something we kind of spoke about off uh, off the recording. Yeah, definitely. And I think that probably could hurt them later on in the season, but we'll just need to wait and see. No, definitely. It feels a bit too early to be making those 
those predictions yet, so we'll we'll hold off for now. Um, I kind of made a note that they're maybe like the Championships version of Hamilton in the Premiership, where they maybe just don't like refuse to be relegated, even though people predict it every single season. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll wait and see for that one and, and make some predictions maybe a little bit further down the line on the podcast. Um, that's us for all the matches. Um, from match day five, I think obviously if you look at the championship table, as you said when we, when we kicked off, uh, you've got Dundee United in air at the top, um, and and your boys unfortunately propping up propping up the table down at the bottom there on goal difference behind Partick Thistle. Matches this weekend, uh, are you going to Thistle, Dunfermline? Uh, yeah, will be. I mean, I think the main highlight for me at the weekend is going to be the curry pie. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the curry pies at uh, Partick Thistle, so in case anyone from Partick's listening, I'll, I'll uh, just keep a few for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be a huge game for us. It's bottom of the table clash, and I mean, if if we don't win it, well, I mean, I, you could argue Crawford's position then becomes untenable, but at the same time, we've invested a lot into kind of Crawford and this kind of system, so I think he's maybe just safe, but. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not even that confident. Even as bad as Partick have been, which I think says a lot about kind of how the players have been this season. Yeah, that's a t- that's a tough one to call and and p- picking out a cliche. It's a six pointer already at this early stage of the season. So, um, yeah, I think who knows what's going to happen in that one come come Saturday afternoon. If we get a win, fantastic. I mean, hopefully that would then kickstart things. But I mean, if we get a if we get a loss, I, I really don't know where we'll go. You've also got uh, well, my, my side Morton are at home to Dundee again. You look at that one and you think tricky fixture, but no idea what way that one's going to go. Um, Morton are obviously, uh, as I said earlier, taking quite a lot of shots, but but conceding quite a lot of shots. And with Dundee's forward line, like we just talked about, I can I can definitely see us conceding in that one. Um, but I'm I'm not sure if we'll score. Um, so yeah, we'll need to wait and see what what happens there too. Um, rounding off the fixtures, Dundee United are at home to Arbroath. You've got Inverness at home to Queen of the South, and you've got Alloa at home to Ayr. Uh, Cami, anything else that you want to talk about before we finish up our first episode? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Hopefully, another good weekend of Championship action awaits, and we've got plenty to talk about next time. Definitely, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it. Please let us know what you thought about it um, uh, so that we can hopefully continue doing them. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking through uh, all of the action, Cammy, and I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, definitely. It was really good. And yeah, as, as you say, hopefully more to come. Perfect. Uh, that'll finish us there. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next time.